Good morning, faithful listeners. You have tuned in to the P40 Ministries podcast, the one place where you can get a daily explanatory Bible reading to start your day strong. This is your host, Jen, bringing you a brand new episode out of Genesis. Hello there, faithful listeners. This is your host, Jen, with the P40 Ministries podcast. So I'm going to be jumping right into scripture today because we have a really, really long section to read. It's actually going to be 21 verses from Genesis chapter 32, verses 1 through 21. I will be, as usual, reading out of the W.E.B. version of the Bible, but you can read out of whatever version you prefer. So make sure to grab that cup of coffee and let's go ahead and start reading this morning. Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. When he saw them, Jacob said, This is God's army. And he called the name of that place Mahanaim. Jacob sent messengers in front of him to Esau, his brother, to the land of Seir, the field of Edom. He commanded them, saying, This is what you shall tell my lord Esau. This is what your servant Jacob says. I have lived as a foreigner with Laban, and stayed until now. I have cattle, donkeys, flocks, male servants, female servants. I have sent to tell my Lord that I may find favor in your sight. The messengers returned to Jacob, saying, We have come to your brother Esau. He is coming to meet you, and four hundred men are with him. Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. He divided the people who were with him, along with the flocks, the herds, and the camels, into two companies. He said, If Esau comes to one company and strikes it, then the company which is left will escape. Jacob said, God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, Yahweh, who said to me, Return to your country and to your relatives, and I will do you good. I am not worthy of the least of all of the loving kindnesses and of all of the truth which you have shown to your servant. For with just my staff I crossed over this Jordan, and now I have become two companies. Please, Deliver me from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he come and strike me and the mothers with the children. You said, I will surely do you good and make your offspring as the sand of the sea, which can't be counted because there are so many. He stayed there that night and took from that which he had with him a present for Esau, his brother, 200 female goats and 20 male goats. 200 ewes and 20 rams, 30 milk camels and their colts, 40 cows, 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys and 10 foals. He delivered them into the hands of his servants, every herd by itself, and he said to his servants, Pass over before me and put a space between the herd and the herd. He commanded the foremost, saying, When Esau my brother meets you and asks you, saying, Whose are you? Where are you going? And whose are these before you? Then you should say, These are your servant Jacob's. It is a present sent to you, my lord Esau. Behold, he is also behind us. And he commanded also to the second and to the third, and all that followed the herd, saying, This is how you shall speak to Esau when you find him. You shall say, Not only that, but behold, your servant Jacob is behind us. For he said, I will appease him with the present that goes before me, and afterward I will see his face. Perhaps he will accept me. So the present passed over before him, and he himself stayed that night in the camp. 
Wow, that was almost four minutes of just continual Bible reading. So yes, that was a long, long bit that we just read. But let's talk about verse 1. After Laban had left, you know, we saw the last of Laban finally. We're not going to hear about Laban anymore. But after Laban leaves, Jacob continues with his family, traveling back to his hometown. And if you're not quite sure where we are in this story, it would probably be wise for you to go back and listen to the previous podcasts about Jacob and his family. But basically, Jacob is traveling once again to the land of his father, Isaac, because Jacob had left 20 years before this in order to escape his brother Esau, who was trying to kill him. But now it was time for him to come back. It was time for him to see his family again. He probably missed his mother. He probably missed his father and possibly missed his brother, but I doubt it. But it just it's just time for him to leave his father-in-law's house and just make it on his own, which is what his plan was. And plus, God had told him to return to basically the land where his father Isaac lived because God would bless Jacob in that land. So that's what Jacob does. So Laban leaves finally, and he continues on, but he sees this camp of angels. So he sees this spiritual side of angels. And this is not the first time Jacob saw this. He saw this 20 years before when he was escaping his brother. He saw a ladder reaching down from heaven and angels ascending and descending on this ladder. So Jacob already knew about the concept of angels, but now he's seeing this encampment around him. And it's kind of funny that the two times that Jacob sees angels is when he is very distressed. The two times when he is very distressed about his brother Esau, both times he sees this camp of angels. So he names that place that he's staying in Mahanaim. And I, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I'm just guessing, honestly, but it looks like Mahanaim to me. So I'm going to say that. But Basically, that word means two camps. So it's the physical camp where him and his wives and his children are. But then there's the spiritual camp that is right there with him. The ones that maybe not everybody could see. But that's the spiritual camp that he sees God's army of angels being near him and protecting him and surrounding him. But the funny thing is, even though he saw that, he still fears. We see this in the next portion here in verses 3 all the way down to 21 about him fearing his brother Esau horrifically. So he sends these messengers out to try to find Esau because he's probably approaching where Esau now lives. So he's asking his servants to go out and find Esau and to send a message to him saying that your brother Jacob is on his way, is what these messengers were told to tell Esau and to see how Esau would respond. But Esau responds strangely. He brings 400 men with him and he tells the messengers about this. And the messengers come back to Jacob and they're like, well, your brother is coming with 400 men. And this scares Jacob insanely. Jacob is just freaked out because he thinks that his brother is coming with this army of people to come and destroy him. And not only him, but his entire family, his two wives, his two servant wives, and um, all of his children as well. In fact, it says in verse seven that Jacob was greatly afraid and was distressed. 
And actually, the Living Bible kind of translates it sort of interesting. It says in verse 7 of the Living Bible, Jacob was frantic with fear. Right after this, after he's frantic with this fear that he is going to die and that his family is going to die as well, he divides his home into two categories. So probably I'm guessing his servants into one category and then his wives and his children and him into the other category. So he divides and makes two camps. But what did, what did Jacob just see? He just saw a heavenly camp. He just saw two camps, one that he was in and one that these angels were in. But now he's trying to make his own camp with his own power. So Jacob is so scared that he's having trouble stopping and thinking, huh, I just saw an angel army of gods protecting me and they are nearby. But now I have to divide my home into two camps so that possibly if Esau comes and sees the first camp and he destroys all of those people, maybe he won't be able to get to the second camp because we can run at that point. And this was Jacob's thought process. It was not a good thought process. He was, he was terrified. And when, when people get terrified, they often don't think correctly. But Jacob does do this fantastic prayer right after this. So he's flip-flopping back and forth. Now, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I have done prayers like this in the past when I have been overwhelmed with fear and or, or wanted something from God. And I mean, it's not that I wasn't being honest when I was telling God this stuff. You know, in the moment, you are feeling very humble because you realize there is nothing you can do in your power at that point. And I think that's where Jacob is right here. He is realizing that he is completely 100% useless. And the only way he is going to be protected is if God comes to his aid. So he's prostrating himself before the Lord and saying to God, I am your servant. There is nothing I can do without you. The interesting thing about this is Jacob didn't need to fear. God had already promised Jacob so much. I mean, first off, he saw that camp of angels that was protecting him. He saw that, but he was forgetting. He also heard God tell him directly, I will be with you. Return to the land where your father lives. But he does remember in verse 9, he says this in verse 12, he says, But you, Lord, promised to do me good and to multiply my descendants until they became as sands along the shores, far too many to count. So Jacob is remembering that and he's telling God's words back to God in hope that God would remember what he had said to Jacob and to protect him. Now God was already going to protect Jacob and his family. But like I said, when fear comes into place in the mind, people often don't think logically. They don't remember the promises that God gave them. And and I'm guilty of that as well. I'm very, very guilty of fear and anxiety. And when I am guilty of that stuff, I do tend to forget God's promises and fall into this like pit of despair almost, which is why I'm going off on a tangent here a little bit, but that is why P40 Ministries was named P40 Ministries. It's named from Psalm 40. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire, and he set my feet on solid ground. And that is why I named P40 Ministries P40 
Ministries from Psalm 40. Because there are so many verses in the Bible that talk about God's love and mercy towards people and how he protects them. He takes care of them and he brings them out of the pit of despair. Now, God, of course, does allow people to go through trials and tribulations. In fact, Jesus does say that Christians will go through trials and tribulations. There's no question about it, but God always protects us through those things. But then at the end, God uses those trials and tribulations for our own good, to help us with endurance, to help us with faith and so many other things. And I personally know about that, just the endurance that comes from Uh, having something taken from you. And that's what happened to me in 2019, one of the worst years of my life. And yet God was with me the entire time. And 2020, it was one of the best years of my life, which is so insane to say, considering what was happening in the world at that time. But I had so much joy and so much faith in God because of what I had gone through in 2019. He prepared me for 2020. He truly prepared me for that year. But at the time, I didn't believe it. I was just miserable all of 2019, but it wasn't until I surrendered, kind of like what Jacob is doing in this prayer. It wasn't until I surrendered everything to God and gave a surrendered prayer and let go of the control in my life and said, God, I don't have this. You have it, though. You have everything in your control. And it wasn't until I did that, that God took me out of the pit of despair and set my feet on solid ground. And this is what he's going to do here for Jacob, because Jacob is giving God this surrendered prayer, saying, Lord, I can do nothing without you. I am so fearful. I am so scared of what might happen. But Lord, you have promised to do good for me. You promised me, but I am not worthy of all of your loving kindness. He says that in verse 10. I am not worthy of your loving kindness. But he says to God, please, Lord, deliver me from the destruction from Esau. Please, I am afraid. I am frightened. I am terribly afraid that he is going to kill me and the mothers that are with me and my children. So this was a surrendered prayer that Jacob prayed to God. And directly after this, he starts sending all these gifts to his brother Esau. He sends 200 female goats, 20 male goats, 200 ewes, 20 rams, 30 milk camels with their colts, 40 cows, 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys, and 10 male donkeys. So looking at this list, we now know how wealthy Jacob really is. I mean, 200 ewes. He's giving... Uh, his brother Esau, crazy amounts of gifts. And this was coming out of Jacob's own flocks and herds. So Jacob is a very, very wealthy man in order to be able to give him 30 camels and 40 cows and all these lambs and goats and whatever else. So Jacob is a very wealthy man. And he's showing this to Esau and not trying to brag to Esau, but trying to be like, look, I need nothing from you. Just take your gifts and let me go on my way. This is kind of the message he's trying to send to Esau. I am sorry. And here are all these gifts that I owe you because of what I did to you 20 years ago, you know, stealing from you and stealing from our father. Oh, and by the way, I did want to mention one thing. A few podcast episodes ago, I mentioned that Jacob is always so honest when it comes to Laban. Well, I misspoke. 
Yes, Jacob was always very honest when it came to Laban, but he wasn't always honest, (laughs) which is showing here what is happening with Esau. You know, he had cheated his brother and he had cheated his father Isaac and stolen something from Esau, stolen the birthright, stolen uh, the last will and testament from his, his father Isaac and the blessing. So he had stolen something from Esau. So he wasn't always an honest person, but I think living with Laban, he became honest because Laban was just the most dishonest person ever (laughs) that eventually Jacob just became a very honest person. And I wanted to throw that in there because yes, at one point Jacob was not an honest person, but I do believe the trials that he went through with Laban did make him to be a very honest kind of person. But anyway, going back to this scriptural reference, he is trying to show Esau that he doesn't need anything and he just wants to pass by peacefully and show Esau that he is very truly sorry. And in verse 21, to conclude, all the presents were sent ahead to his brother Esau because Esau was coming with those 400 men, but Jacob stayed behind in the camp and spent the night. Now, we will talk about why this is important in our next episode in Genesis, which will be on Friday at 6 a.m. So join me then to find out what happens between Jacob and Esau on Friday morning. Now, tomorrow, of course, we will have an episode out of Matthew, and you can always tune in for the Matthew episodes at 6 a.m. on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then the Genesis episodes are on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Now, faithful listeners, just to let you know, I will be getting rid of some items in my store very, very soon. They are limited edition and they will be gone very quickly because Valentine's Day is practically on us. So these Valentine's Day designs are going to be gone very soon. So if you want to pick one up and support P40 Ministries, be sure to do that before they are gone. Now, I'm not quite sure when I'm going to get rid of them, probably on the 14th probably a little bit after that, but I will definitely drop a link to that in the bio of this podcast episode so you can navigate over there and take a look at some of the limited edition items in the store. But friends, thank you so much for tuning in. I will see you tomorrow bright and early at 6 a.m. Happy listening and God bless.